let's get to our guest lines. And of all the guests I could ever have on, I think we have the most knowledgeable guest about this AJC and Georgia stuff from UGA.Rivals.com. Mr. Dane Young. Good morning, Dane. How you doing this morning? A way to tout my ego for a second. That's a good uh, confidence boost on a Wednesday. I, I know that's going to take up most of our segment today, and it should, but I did just want to make the comment that with you not knowing which conference some teams are in, I'm having a similar experience when I look at the roster of players attending SEC Media Days next week. And there was a time where I was like, oh, yeah, that guy, I remember him recruiting, that guy, I remember. I'm looking at the guys that are representing SEC teams next week in Nashville, and I don't know most of them. And I'm beginning to feel like uh, I'm old because the only thing I can think of is that when you're a father, you just don't have as much room in your brain for the, the minor details. So next week's going to be a learning experience for a lot of players that either I just don't know their names or I definitely don't know their stories. Or, or yeah, you don't know the stories because they transferred in from somewhere, right? And well, Clemson, that could had, be it. Clemson had this thing a couple of years ago. Who was it, Faxon, they brought to the ACC Basketball Media Days and he never – he hadn't even stepped foot on campus, or he, that was his first semester. Like nobody, he never played a single game for. Him. Was it Tevin Mack? No, 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 no. The the uh, the Dayton kid, the big kid, defensive kid, or whatever, or or a uh, Mack kid, or whatever. Um, he's a great guy. He's six six, about two fifty. But anyway, he, wait, Nas Bohannon? Yeah, yeah. Nas Bohannon comes. He never played a single a single minute of college basketball at Clemson, and they took him to the to the ACC media days. But that's where we are. Like the running back at Kentucky played at Vanderbilt. Here's what we're gonna be waiting on, Dane. We were waiting on somebody who goes to two media days with two different teams in the SEC. That's going to happen. Oh, it'll happen for sure. I mean, JT Daniels was on that road, wasn't he? He just didn't go to another SEC team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's where we are now with those days. All right. I, I've asked you about this two or three weeks in a row, uh, or two of the last you know, five or six weeks, and I don't want to get into the specifics of what Georgia did or didn't do, what Kirby did or didn't do. I want to know the big picture here. I think our listening audience has a pretty good grasp of what the University of Georgia, the University of Georgia Athletic Department, and the University of Georgia football program mean to the state of Georgia. Tell me from a media standpoint and your expertise here, in a dying world of, of newspapers, am I wrong in thinking the AJC still swings a pretty big stick in the state of Georgia? It absolutely does. I mean, and really for the entire Southeast. When you look at what like in in the journalism world, and people are going to have their opinions on this one or the other, and that's totally fine. But the New York Times is still one of the leading media outlets, and they're one that made the transition over to digital to get subscribers in a successful way. Like they, they have a future ahead of them financially that a lot of other outlets that couldn't make that jump for one reason or the other. Um, I guess what I'm saying, if there's a version of what the New York Times is, uh, for that area of the country, and even somewhat nationally, the AJC is that for the southeast. I mean, because if you go within, what, about eight hours of Atlanta in any direction, there's not going to be a city or a market that competes with it in terms of population, in terms of resources. The AJC means a lot. There's more competitors than ever, especially digitally. Um, I, I This is why I keep telling you, Mickey, that when people view AJC reporting, don't just stop at AJC. And yes, there are things that can happen that are at an editor's level or a publisher's level that need to be handled. But look at the individual reporters because, look, there was some really shoddy reporting done in this situation. That's why Georgia fired back. But the AJC does have some really, really talented and gifted reporters that are telling uh, stories about sports and otherwise 
Um, and so I don't think it's wise to sully an entire media organization based off the bad reporting of a few. Um, I wouldn't want that for my organization. If someone at UGAsports.com said something they shouldn't have, I don't want that rubbing off on me just because I work for the same outlet. I understand that that works that way. Uh, I just encourage people to individualize it. Um, if we want to get into the details and the timeline, we can do that. Uh, and and some, uh, some of the specifics, the letter that UGA and its lawyers sent to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution to get a retraction from the story that we discussed, I believe it was two weeks ago, uh, that letter is in full on UGAsports.com right now, so people can go read it. It's about nine pages, very detailed. They pretty much go line by line in the story where the AJC was saying that Georgia rallied around players that had had uh, cases of misconduct with women, sexual uh, abuse allegations that Georgia rallied around them, and in a lot of cases those players stayed on the team if they were charged, and Georgia fought back against that hard. So we're looking at two different issues in, in one way because all this started with the reckless driving stuff from the wreck in January that killed Devin Willock and then uh, one of the staffers uh, that was working with the team, and then two other, uh, one player, another staffer were, were in the wreck as well. And then all the speeding tickets that have come from that. Georgia hasn't really pushed back against all of that. I think that Georgia's saying, look, that's fair. We have a problem with reckless driving. We have uh, 18 to 22 year olds that are driving way too fast. Sam and Pimba, true freshman, was driving 80 something miles an hour on a 55 mile an hour road just a, a week ago and he got a citation. Uh, Georgia's admitting that there's a problem with that. What Georgia's pushing back on is uh, how players treat women and then how Georgia treats those players when that treatment is deemed to be something that is uh, criminal. In the big picture, should I be as fascinated by this as I am? And again, I, I don't like, um, to be clear, I don't like any stories that involve victims or potential victims because these are human lives. I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is, in the big picture, a media giant butting heads with a institutional giant in the peach state, and, and like you said, even beyond – to me, this this is a fascinating, and I want to get into in a second like, who wins and who loses, and what is a win and what is a loss in this thing, and what 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 was going to come out of it. But but more important, like, like right now, this is a to me, I'm fascinated. Should I be as fascinated that two major powerful organizations are at war right now? How long have you been working in media, Mickey? Twenty five years. Oh, yeah, you should definitely be fascinated then because you've seen the evolution of how all of this goes. And Georgia as an institution, the University of Georgia, tends to be very conservative uh, financially um, with what it says. Georgia is very much a kind of sit back, we're stoic, we, we don't want to make waves kind of institution. However, in this case, Georgia went on the offense to an extreme, and that was something that Kirby Smart wanted to do. Uh, Josh Brooks even said, Josh Brooks, the athletics director, even said yesterday, this started when Kirby Smart came to me and said, I want to set the record straight on this thing that, it, that they claim to be false. Uh, now this is a, a high level he said, she said. It has uh, got the drama of, of what comes with that when people lawyer up. Um, I guess the ball right now is in the AJC's court of will they retract this article that Georgia found so abhorrent? Uh, will they address the things that Georgia pointed out? Because if you look at the letter, from UGA's lawyers. They go specifically where uh, they say the reporter Alan Judd claimed that there were 11 players with uh, history uh, of treating women um, either violently or, or some kind of misconduct. 
uh, and Georgia said, well, give us that list of players, and Alan Judd did not do that. Um, they, they said to this day he still hasn't provided that list for them. Um, so there's some contention on things like that. So most egregious to me from just a journalism standpoint, and if the AJC is guilty of what UGA is accusing them of doing, then I'm glad this is playing out in the public sphere because this kind of journalism cannot stand. Uh, it is, it's shoddy. It's immoral. Um, it, it's, the AJC reviewed the police interrogation of Jamal Jarrett, who was a recruit at the time. Now he's a true freshman um, from this was a sexual assault allegation on his recruiting visit. And the line that the AJC used as a quote from the police interrogator was they, they put it in like a sentence quote sentence. And then the next thing that was said, it seemed like it was all one thing. UGA went and said, look, the first line of this was taken at something like minute 22. The second line of this was at minute 44. They're not in context with anything that was said within there. This is a spliced quote that they use, that, that they plucked this way to, to make some kind of narrative. And that is about as egregious as journalism sin as you can have, uh, because it doesn't represent the truth in that way. And if the AJC is guilty of that, then everything that's coming toward them needs to happen. Um, because like, that just makes the whole industry look bad. It makes it where uh, that where audiences can't even trust what they're reading anymore. And uh, again, I hope that doesn't rub off on everything at the AGC because I know there's good work that's done there. But in particular, like I can tell you right now, uh, Alan Judd, his reputation is on the line here. Maybe his job for sure, but it probably goes even beyond that to some of the the sports reporting that they they've done uh, they put two articles out after the meeting yesterday and i didn't think either of those put the agc in good light either all right uh kirby's they're not going to fire kirby and kirby's going to win a bunch of football games and it certainly doesn't help or doesn't hurt his recruiting the ajc still going to have website and, and print um they're not going out of business what how what does a win for georgia look like uh what does a win for the ajc look like does either can either win or is this where the collateral damage or and again nothing i don't think anything major is going to come out of it but 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 who wins who loses and what is a win and what is a loss i would say unless the ajc has something um and to retort what uga said and, and make it look like uga in its letter yesterday was fabricating something that I, I think UGA's already won. That they've said the AJC, you, you printed all of this and it's incorrect and here's why. Line by line. And if Georgia uh, has won in that, then then I think the, the public opinion's already done. Is a retraction coming of the article? I don't think so. Uh, to me, if, if the AJC is guilty of what UGA says they are, the best thing they can do is uh, probably suspend the reporter, maybe lose the job at that point, uh, at least make it where he's not covering this particular subject at UGA. Um, but then you have to issue the, the retraction to say, here's the things that we've done wrong. Here's the, the changes we're going to make in our process of vetting reports and, and having it edited. Uh, you have to be very transparent in the reporting piece of it to gain back the trust of audiences. Um, so it, I would say that's a win for UGA, and that's probably safe face for the AJC. Unless the AJC has some information that uh, refutes what UGA is claiming. And I doubt that to be the case because Georgia was very specific and this was uh, vetted by some really good lawyers at UGA. And so if, if they have something wrong in this, then you have to look at the internal people at Georgia and say, you went on the offense really hard and you didn't have this airtight. Uh, th this is getting into a lot of legal stuff more than it is journalism, but there's implications on both sides. 
I think Georgia probably already has the win. In the short term, the win is that when Kirby Smart and the three players are at SEC media days, they can just say, we said what we said on this. Right. Look at our general counsel. The letter has been done. They have their, their pivot line. Well, there. see, that, that was one of my things. Strategically speaking, in any kind of damage control or any kind of things that are going on, Kirby, had he not come out yesterday, had they not had the press conference yesterday, he'd been asked about it a thousand times at the SEC media days. What he's, what he's going to say now is, we've addressed this. Uh, last week, and we put out statements. Our athletic director, our lawyers, have put out these statements. Uh, refer to that. So that's that's smart as far as that goes. Uh, my gut is, and tell me if my gut's wrong here. My gut is that Georgia, and because the institution and the liabilities of the institution, that their lawyers probably a little better legal law team, maybe a bigger legal team there, and because of PR. Um, that they've had there, probably a little better PR strategist because the AJC does probably not have to deal with that quite as much. Georgia probably have a little more experience. Is that a, is that a fair assessment when it, if it does come down to a legal battle and, and the battle of attorneys? I, mean, I would assume so. I, I should probably be transparent and say that my day job, I, I do get a paycheck from the University of Georgia. I'm a state employee, so people should know that when I say these comments. Uh, yeah, I agree with you in, in that sentiment. And, you know, I also look at it as, at its core, you have the biggest, most legacy, most prominent media outlet in the state against the state's public institution, the first of uh, state university of higher learning that was founded in 1785. I mean, there, there's a lot of legacy at play here. Right, right. Um, I, 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 there's a lot of history at play here. And a lot of the people that are employed at the university, uh, at the Atlanta Journal Constitution, got their education at the University of Georgia. Right. So th- this, I mean, Chip Towers is one that's been a lot of collateral damage in here, and he's been a longtime reporter for Georgia. I have mostly nice things to say about Chip. Um, he wrote one of the articles yesterday that I thought was slightly misguided, but Chip graduated from Grady College at UGA. Um, he's he's done this for a long time he's done a lot of good reporting for georgia and he's involved right in the middle of this so there's a lot of little tentacles involved there i i looked at that letter from uga yesterday and said the ajc either has to have something or they have to apologize strongly that's that's where we're at with this and uh again georgia historically doesn't go on offense like this and so to me it was remarkable just that they said hey you reporters come sit down in this room with us we're going to talk this out right now that was groundbreaking itself to me because Kirby Smart well, doesn't do that a lot. No, but but again, I think why I think time is a little bit of that, and maybe I'm wrong with this. So I, I'm not sure you win if you had to say, uh, and, and I don't, again, I don't know the numbers. You know these numbers, but okay, it wasn't eleven; it was nine. I mean, it, it's, it's um, we only had nine guys do this rather than eleven. So you're wrong about your facts, you know. To oh well, we only had nine guys who did something really bad. I mean, that's not you. You win by by. You're still admitting that you did some things, right? I mean, there, there. The facts are that some bad things did happen in Georgia. It's going to happen everywhere, but because it's not exactly the way the AJC said it, that's a win for Georgia. And I'm not sure that's an overall win. Does that make sense? Um, other than they go into the letter where they talk about how Alan Judd only reached out to Georgia for uh, either open records or comment on certain things once, only before an article, like the day before an article was already ready to be published. Um, and so George is pretty much saying that Alan Judd did not live up to the journalism standards that the AJC has in its code of conduct. And that's, that's a pretty heavy accusation. It is, but my point there was that, I mean, there are some facts that, like, if I'm Georgia, one of the things I'd like to do is, like, make all this just go away. 
And so we're going to win by saying that the journalism was the issue, not the action, because there were some things they did wrong. I mean, some kids did some stupid stuff. And so uh, reckless driving, and they've owned that. But I guess what right. they're saying is, uh, when it comes to how um, players right. treat women, pointed us what's happened that was wrong. Right. And right. They, they said there are three incidents, but all those players were kicked off the team. And then when those things happened, uh, we handled those things. Right. Now, look, I, I there I, the day that I came on with you, I said Rob Rao Thomas came from Mississippi State. There was uh, an allegation against him at a dorm at UGA. Pretty much the month he got to UGA. Um, with his longtime girlfriend, and those accusations were later dropped, like a week later. And that wasn't mentioned in the letter from UGA. That wasn't mentioned in uh, AJC reporting. Same thing with a director of of, uh, football operations at UGA, Josh Lee. He got fired for some um, verbal sexual uh, assault allegations. He he lost his job from that, and that hasn't been reported in either of these things. We reported at UGASports.com at the time, but – Look, if you're going to be sitting here lobbying culture things, then I think everything that happens over the last few years, including those two things, one where someone was fired from their job for what they did, and the other where allegations were dropped because um, I think the complainant decided that she didn't want to pursue those, those matter in these discussions. And this is why this gets to be so difficult, because on either side when it comes to sexual assault allegations, there's some uh, he said, she said, and that's for usually – police to sort out and right now that's been for journalists and uh lawyers to figure out and that's where the the divide yeah. is interesting stuff hey tell me about uga.rivals.com uh, it's a fascinating time and, and believe it or not we got a football season um to yeah really proud of weeks. the coverage we did of all this yesterday so people can check it out in full and get full context over ugasports.com uh we'll have sec media days next week if people are looking for me and jim donnan that'll be on wednesday after uh, kirby smart and brock bowers kamari lasseter and Cedric Van Pran speak on Tuesday. Looking forward to that, reviewing that when we visit next Wednesday.